see most of the human race killed off because it is unworthy. It is unworthy of the gift of life. I don't care what society thinks. They're nothing anyway. They're no better than me. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. On the show today, my old friend <laughs> from grade nine, Nick Roachy. Welcome to the show, Roach. I threw a Roachy in. Uh, there. That's fine. Yeah. What was your uh, What was your high school nickname? Uh, people would call me just. Uh, my nickname would probably be like uh, like people just go Nick Roach. Like that was my. They would just use the full name. Like oh hey Nick Roach. Like. They would just do the whole thing. Or Roach, but mostly just like Nick Roach. Like, yeah. Say the whole thing. Brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a sister. She's a year younger. And uh, my brother... She's the meanest one, right? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> Did one, you right? have siblings? Yeah, I have a, a sister who's four years younger and a half-brother who's 12 years younger. Okay. And um, um, I'm probably the meanest. Oh, you are? Okay. If you ask them. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because I... My so growing up, my sister and I were like really close up until the age of like you know before we were like puberty cr- exactly so we were close Same. and then we hit puberty and we were like not even before then like probably around like age nine or ten so a few years before then we were like uh, inseparable no we were like inseparable up until the age of like five six but we were we were like fist fight like like brawl mm-hmm. and at the age of like nine and uh, then that kind of went away but then like in middle school high school we were just like. We just didn't. We kind of butted heads a bit. Uh, and it's sh- a territory issue after that. When you're younger, pre-puberty, there's camaraderie. You know, you're yeah. two two uh, human beings trying to figure things out, and then you start to your hormones kick in, and then you're like, "Well, fucking, I don't need. I can't learn anything from my brother anymore, and he's he's cock blocking me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if your sister's a tramp. No, well, not really. And uh, <laughs> she had a boyfriend in high school, like for most of high school. Um, so no, like that—that that was never really like a uh, like a thing that I was like totally concerned about. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, we we in high like I remember she we would just like we would like just argue like and she would just say like like you were asking like who the meanest one was. Yeah, she was the meanest in like that time frame. But then we kind of like in college, we became, like, really close. So now, like, my, now my sister's, like, my best friend, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, which is great. But before, like, before then, like, growing up, we really were, like, yeah. like enemies almost. Yeah, you, there's probably some close murders. Oh, yeah, easily. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, I've never wanted... I remember growing up, I've never wanted <laughs> to kill someone more than my sister. Yeah. I, mean, it's, you, I mean, it's true. Like, I remember just being so mad sometimes. Yeah. And it's just something that's just part of growing up. Trying to get her to do things to put her life in jeopardy by kicking the ladder out from underneath her. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, throwing things and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, like... There is a luxury to having a younger sister. And I don't know if this happened to you... Mm-hmm. 
but um, her friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you end up dating any of her friends? No, I never ended up dating any of her friends, but yeah, she had a lot of... Uh, there was ass around the house. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, she had a lot of really pretty, like, beautiful friends, yeah. so that was a plus, and they, they knew me, so, you know, they would say... They would say hello. I got a fat like friend for you that you would love. <laughs> really? No, no, oh no, me. she. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, no. She didn't. <laughs> she never said that. She never. She, yeah. That'd oh, be, I, do, that'd, I got a pig for my brother. That'd be so funny if she was like, yeah, I got someone. I got yeah. Some. But, uh, but no, like, um, so that was cool. I know, but I never dated any of her friends. I mean, that would have been great though. She had some really, huh. really pretty friends. Yeah. That's the thing though. Uh, somebody that's only a year apart from each other. Girls that are your age at that time are not interested in you. They're interested in Uncle Fuck over here. And uh, so you, you're left with like, you got to get a, a sports car. Yeah. And a gun. Or play sports, you know. Yeah, you have to put yourself in a high status situation so that they think that they're, they're going to have a, an up. But... Uh, it's International Woman's Day today. That's true, yeah. I got my period this morning. Oh, nice. There was blood in my urine, so I think that's my way of uh, donating. Uh, Connecticut, right? Yeah. You're from Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason I know of that is the first Eminem album. Oh, really? How Ken, so? Ken Kniff from Connecticut was a crank phone call sketch that he had on the first Eminem album. Oh, okay. And Connecticut... Uh, I have no idea. What, what state is Connecticut in? Yeah, exactly. No one knows. I remember one time I it's was... It's in the middle of the country, almost, right? <laughs> no, so... No, it's no, not, no, no. No, like, well, you're from Canada, right? So yeah. You probably... Do you... You probably un, are unfamiliar with a lot of the states, or you probably no, know most of them. Right? I'm educationally... Educationally? Is that, I'm yeah, pretty man. dumb from an um, uh, academic thing. Everything... majority of the things that I learned from... Uh, education was kind of self-taught my whole entire school but there was maps up we never paid attention to them mm. going to the US was pretty much at that time would be crossing the border to buy cheap groceries okay. in Buffalo or something like that but that's interesting so how how long were you in Canada for? I was born in uh, Hamilton, Ontario mm -hmm. uh, which is about an, uh, 40 minutes from Toronto mm -hmm. near Niagara Falls uh, 1971 and then I moved in 93 to Vancouver, the other end of the okay. country, to kind of more or less start my career. I kind okay. of ran out of options, and I was kind of, kind of, I was in a, a bad spot, you know, in my life at my 21, I think I kind of had enough and had the senses enough to kind of take a look around and see that this wasn't really a place where I was going to have any successes other than have a stable job in a steel mill. I, I lived really? in the, uh, the Pittsburgh, is what I've been told, of so Canada. Was it kind of like eight mile, that sort of... Totally eight yeah. mile. You know, yeah. a lot of these things, these, these you know, uh, rise, these artists that are grown up in, in kind of shitty, low income, no options, no life, no joys... They, it's pressure makes diamonds. So hmm. I grew up in a housing project, a bunch of different ones, but the main one was uh, Kenora Avenue, hmm. which was on the outskirts of the city. And that was all like, um, we just call it, and, and that time it was like geared to income housing, which was just another say that you were on welfare 
and you didn't have a mother or father. So those, uh, those environments, you start to develop that kind of psychology of uh, you're not really kind of worth anything or going to do anything. And your best case scenario is to live and die working in a steel mill. Mm. And um, I, I wasn't even smart enough realizing th- through my high school that uh, I, wasn't, I didn't have the education enough to push a broom. I remember one of the kids standing up in our a vocational school. Vocational school is another way of packaging uh, idiots, uh, dumbs, uh, retards, psychos, fucking all the all the rejects from the education system from that district, or was it? Yeah, just okay. that district. Okay. And there was there was two schools. There was Parkview Secondary School and Albion, and then there was a, uh, and these were all boys' schools. Now there was a third school. Uh, Briarwood, which mm-hmm. was all girls, either they were pregnant in school or uh, uh, pushing babies up and down the hallways. It was oh. like it was, it was yeah, it was wow. very eight mile esque, and um, it was a shit. It was really shit, as you saw in the Eminem eight mile movie. Mm-hmm. It was like anytime you tried to do something, it was crushed by your environment. So, wow. uh, but that. Epiphany. I remember very clearly that guy in our school who was a couple of years older, probably should have left the school, saying, look at you guys are all idiots. Like, this is all basic level math, English, you know, uh, um, uh, programs that you needed a uh, general education just to get a job in the factory. So I was like, now I'm triple fucked. I can't even pull my, uh, my family into this and use them because uh, my grandfather was a, a union uh, steel worker foreman at the local steel mill. A lot of my uncles and cousins had worked there. But uh, times had changed. Technology, you know, mathematics died, you know. like mm-hmm. I, And I realized, oh, you need this to work a machine. Were the jobs at the time, were they uh, leaving, uh, like... Like I don't nothing. Yeah, 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 were, they, were they moving to other countries? Yeah, totally, totally. Okay. I, I was living in the psychology of something that was potentially viable twenty years earlier. So yes, when, when yeah. I started school, I had this in my head that the time I finished, I just go over there. But technology advances, you know, uh, um, things became uh, a lot more science based mm. and mathematics and shit like that it wasn't um, it wasn't like hard, like manual labor so much no yeah. and, and I knew I remember just hearing my friend I'm making 25 bucks an hour you know just doing this that and the other thing these kind of menial jobs but you could get in through a family member and get a you know insurance and things like that through unions but um, thank fuck I wasn't smart enough to do that like what, what was the did your family have plans for you yeah i mean it's kind of like the, well, first of all how old are you now uh 22 22 fucking hell <laughs> yeah man yeah you're again we've had these conversations a couple times outside of the clubs and it's like you're in the perfect spot to be who you are right now like there's no place literally in the world you've got kill tony tonight you know which is the eight mile of stand-up comedy, mm. it gives you a profile and an opportunity to be on professional shows, death squad shows and things like that. Oh, yeah. You know, you've seen a couple of your, your friends and oh, yeah, and yeah. end up on these high-profile shows with legends. It's really... I was just thinking about it last night. So I, I host a mic um, here in town, and I was... 
I went to the Vulcan and the Vulcan Gas Company. It's at a club in Austin, Texas. Yeah, on 6th right Street. on Sixth Street, the Dirty Six. Yeah, Dirty Six. It's, yeah, and we both smiled when we said Dirty Six. It's fucking dirty. It's really dirty. It's yeah, it's, dirty. it's super dirty. Like homeless people everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like crazies all but around. Look at as a comedian, you're like, this is so much fun. It's great. Oh, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I went, I walked over there, and I heard they were having a show. And uh, I, a friend of mine, walked out, and he was saying that he's on the show, and I didn't know that. And he, mm-hmm. I was like, do you mind if I go watch? And he goes, yeah. And then I walk in. And I was, it, it was so packed, and it was so cool that just by knowing on someone... On a Sunday. On a I'm Sunday. I'm bragging here on the mic. I'm, I don't want yeah. to yell in your face. No, yeah. It was a packed on a indoor Sunday, yeah. show, 300 people. Now, they're oh, going yeah. 100%, and they told me that's an 800 capacity venue. Yeah, it's wild. I can't yeah. even imagine what another... Four, 300, 400 people in there, it's going to be insane. Oh, yeah. it's gonna. I think it was a sold-out show, and it's probably going to sell... I mean, yeah, because yeah. 800 is the capacity of that room? Yeah. And they're wow, yeah. They're, they're going to really pack it in. They're around 300, so... And, um, yeah, there's comedy inside. Yeah, absolutely. Every absolutely. Every night. Sunday, yeah, packed out show on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we were at one on Wednesday. With stars. With stars. With stars. Yeah, David, uh, David Lucas is, uh, within the comedy world, very funny guy. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, he was the I think it was his show I think it was called David Lucas and Friends but Tony Hinchcliffe was on the show mm-hmm. uh, Fahim Anwar was on the show and yeah it's just a great and place to a, be a half a dozen local people exactly. with talents and stuff so yeah. you're, you're, you're getting a chance to match yourself up with seasoned veterans oh yeah and, and we're see where you stand with that back on that point of like this is the place to be it, it blows my mind in the sense that like I can listen to uh, Fahim Anwar on the Joe Rogan podcast yeah, and then literally, he's right there. He's literally right yeah. there. And I, I can, I was just, he was outside, and I just said hello to him. And yeah, we just ex- very kind exchange. And then it was great. It was just like it blew my mind that I was here in Austin, Texas, uh, pursuing this. And I, I'm, it's, it's a smaller world than I would imagine. Yeah. It's, now. Now. Oh yeah. Now. Now it's so small. You couldn't even say that the, the, oh, you know, like what was it? You were doing comedy in Connecticut mm-hmm. for what a year? Yeah, uh, yeah, about about a year and a half. I, I did it only at UConn, though, only on the campus. Um, and then I did open mics in New York City for about three months. Mm-hmm. Is that where you were living before you came to Austin? Well, I was. I lived in uh, New York temporarily. I had an internship there, so I lived in Queens uh, for Astoria for for three months. A lot of comedians live in Astoria. Yeah, they do. A bunch of comics live that. That's where I was considering setting down roots a few years ago but uh, I be- remember asking the local comedy community like where, where do I fucking live like I lived yeah. in Brooklyn before and they kept saying Astoria Astoria, Astoria is great Greek, Greek area Greek yeah, yeah. It's, Astoria is really food, cool right? great food it, it's really cool it's like I love um, Greek food yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good stuff. A pile of it, man. Yeah, like the baklava and all that oh, stuff. Oh man, the baklava! Feta I could eat probably six pieces of baklava. Oh yeah, and ruin my entire Slovakia dinner. Yeah, yeah. You know, chicken Slovaki. I'm mispronouncing it. You ever eat Greek food with Greek people? Never. I would love to though. It's uh, it's it's loud. Mm-hmm. It's aggressive and hilarious. Oh yeah. I'm speaking specifically about a Greek comedian from. Uh, Toronto named Angelo Zaroukas. Okay. And um, you go to a Greek restaurant with a large Greek man, you know you're going to eat like king. And it's <laughs> yeah. going to be top notch. So, yeah, baklava. What is that? Uh, 
Fuck, it's delicious. It's uh, <laughs> it's a dessert. It's phyllo dough. Yeah. It's with honey and nuts, and mm. it's layered. And pistachios. it's pistachios. Pistachios too. Pistachios on the top. Oh yeah. Yeah, Greek food's pretty consistent, especially when you're traveling and stuff. Don't eat Mexican food in Finland. It looks like someone <laughs> puked a burrito against the wall and then scraped it down onto a hubcap. <laughs> There's just some places you can't. I'm surprised they even have. Mexican food in Finland. So was I. That's why I wow. went. It was a full-on Mexican restaurant in Damn. somewhere in the north of Finland. But you'll find... How many Mexicans do you think actually work there? Uh, zero. Yeah, yeah. I saw them in the yeah. kitchen. It was... Uh, All Finnish people, tall Finnish and people, skinny and white. Usually, uh, you'd be surprised how many hot women work in the service industry in Scandinavia. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard that Scandinavia has just beautiful women everywhere. And they, even in the service industry, too. Yeah, because it's there are so many of them. By default, their their summer job is by a girl who's like a solid nine. Yeah, yeah. And um, she doesn't know how pretty she is until she goes to America and sees all the slobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then guys are just throwing money and dick out the window as they're getting off the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's never happened to me. No one's ever thrown a dick. Oh, actually, someone did throw a dick at me once. Really? Probably more than once. A music festival in England called Download Festival, and someone huge threw a huge dildo on stage with um, some writing on it. I don't know if it was writing or bite marks, <laughs> but uh, a full dick flew through the air and landed on the stage. So, yeah, I've had some dicks thrown at me. Damn, what did you do when when it was thrown? Did you, like, pick it up and throw it back, or did you kick it off the stage? No, I think I think I put it in my mouth like a pair of handlebars and really? just started running through the crowd. No way. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And it wasn't like a heckle, either. It was like I was doing well, and people were just so fucked up. They were just throwing shit at the stage. And during my show, a rubber dick flying through the air kind of compliments it. Yeah, yeah, it's like because it's very dark, right? Like, <laughs> you think my stuff's dark? I mean, what I've seen on what I've seen on YouTube, yeah. <laughs> Did would that work in Connecticut at the Legion? Uh, like dark humor, or yeah, it's uh, funny humor. It's, it's just, funny. It's just I, yeah. covered in spiders and dog shit. I, I love all, I love it wow. all. Yeah, I I love it, and uh, yeah, I mean, it would fly. I mean, it depends, I guess. I mean, you, I, I'm going I could, anyway. I can't speak to it. I mean, have you noticed? It, what's like your ideal, uh, like I guess city or crowd to perform in front of? It's always Denmark. Really, you know, Denmark. It's always Denmark. Um, Denmark has just been consistently there for me, and not in a small scale either. Like the amount of tickets I've sold in Denmark over the course of a few shows could be a whole North American tour. No way. Yeah, like sell like a like three or four thousand tickets in four shows. Oh wow! You know we're doing a thousand seat theaters, and then I'll do a couple of local open mics to warm up in between shows and stuff. But Iceland, now I'm saying that only because I've done one show there and it was completely sold out. I, w- I was kind of arguing with the promoter. I'm like, I don't think you, I don't want you guys to go broke. Bring me and goes, no, trust me, you sell out all the tickets. How many? 970. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, let's move it to a 300-seater and then maybe add a second show. And it says, we don't have a 300. This is Reykjavik in Iceland. And uh, sold it out. Sold the whole show yeah. out. Um, 
I like the Danish people specifically because anything that Sweden doesn't like, Denmark loves. Okay. It's like a spiteful thing. They're like, if I tell somebody, oh, fuck, they really hated me in Sweden, don't worry, we're going to love it here. Like, it, And that's a terrible uh, Danish accent. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> a white guy from Connecticut? Could have been Chinese. Hi, hi, hi. That's not Chinese, is it? Yeah, I can't speak to it. Mi la lu chingling bang bang. I heard that on an album once. Oh, yeah. Mr. Bungle. Um, so you're doing comedy on campus. Mm-hmm. Before you go to your internship in New York? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was doing comedy on campus. I, I got into it because there was an improv group on campus called Malignant Humor. And I didn't want to do improv. I wasn't really interested in it. But um, Good for you. They, yeah. It's like rollerblading with your aunt. Yeah. It yeah. Sounds funny, but it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way of putting it. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I just asked him. I was like, I, I'm not really interested in improv, but can I do uh, stand-up? Like in between your your improv sets, and they said sure. So yeah. I would do that with bands. Oh, nice. Well, what did what planted the seed? What was the mm. thing of like? Okay, you clearly had an idea of what you wanted to do because improv wasn't it, but it was still in the realm of comedy, where a lot of people like that kind of uh, uh, club. They like the codependency of each other's failures. Oh and, yeah, and yeah. Improv thing. I hate it. It's like. It's like getting on a boat that's sinking. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. trying to paddle out of it at the exactly. same time. And some people are just stronger swimmers. And some people just panic and pull you down the bottom. Yeah. It's, Comedy, you're just captain of your own ship. That's true. And the thing I noticed about improv, too, is like I tried it a few times and I would do it and I would I would freeze and I wouldn't know what to say. Yeah, like, I, like I, what, do I, what do I do right now? Yeah. I don't know what to say. And you don't want to hang out with losers. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. losers. Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, a lot of the time they're tough to be around. It's like they're kind of downtrodden people that are like... Yeah, looking for a community. Yeah. Maybe somebody at some point told them they were funny and that's all they needed to try improv for five years. Yeah. Because there's the improv thing is... Uh, uh, they know that there's failure coming. Where mm. comedy, you just want to climb to the top of the ladder mm. and be the hero. Where they're kind of setting up, taking suggestions. I don't want anyone else in my office mm. while I'm working on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that 100%. And the thing that planted the seed for me was really I, I just always loved stand-up comedy. And I remember being like six. What was your first thing you saw yeah so great question uh it i mean it's really funny so my brother is six years older than me so i'm 22 so he's 28 now but i remember being like five six really young and my brother had we had itunes at the time itunes was huge Mm -hmm. and my brother was somehow able to get all of this george carlin Uh like we had just i think because his our neighbor may have had george carlin cds we downloaded it on our computer and so we just had tons of it. And my brother would listen to it and laugh hysterically. Yeah. And I would listen to it with him. And it was funny. Like, I loved uh, listening to it and laughing. And I just thought that was so cool that somebody could be so funny. And I just, that was like the first. And then the second was Jim. Yeah, please, please, yeah. George Carlin is your first introduction with a, a brain for engineering. Yeah. Now, I think George Carlin is possibly the best comedy engineer. Mm. as far as putting elements and making them all work together in unison. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, that's a great you know, first introduction to comedy opposed to, I don't know, something that doesn't really have any weight or 
uh, longevity. There's so much stuff coming down the pipe. But anyway, yeah, but, I see that. No, I, and it's yeah, you're, you're, it, I agree completely because George Carlin is almost like a like a um, like with words, he almost is like a craftsman with words. Like he can he he makes words sentences and he write. He's a writer, so he his thing is like his uh, stand up is almost like a poetry. Like he's planned it mm-hmm. out, and it's almost like he is just on one. Like he, it's funny, George. I don't know if you agree with this, but George Carlin, like I can tell, kind of what his phase is basically on what drug he's on while he's doing the comedy. Uh-huh. Like like when he started out, he was kind of like. You know, like, hey, hippie how's it going? Yeah, hippie dippy, like weed. And sure. then, like, in the 90s, it was a lot of cocaine sure, or something. Sure, a little high energy, a little yeah, more high, sweating, a little skinnier. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's the separate topic. But uh, Jim Gaffigan was probably number two. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan, I was like nine or ten. The Pale, right? Beyond the Pale, yeah. yeah the the pale. Hot Pockets. But I remember yeah. my whole family watching it. Yeah. And we were all dying laughing. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, some get one guy on stage can, all you need is a microphone and a stool and, a, and that's it. And you can... You can be funny and, and, and entertain people. And with your family. Exactly, yeah. That's a thing where, you know, you can't argue Gaffigan's abilities. And people, um, he's super clean. Yes, yeah. Super, uh, and when I say super, he's just doing palatable, uh, very well done stand-up comedy. And that you could share without being embarrassed. In exactly. Front of your yeah, yeah. Share with the the five year old, and, and you the, lose none of the uh, skill or ability. Like, even though you're watching it in the comfort of your home, it's just as much as a reaction that you get from somebody that would be like myself, filthier. And uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing Jim Gaffigan at the Hollywood Hostel in L.A. He'd come in. This is early two thousand. And uh, with Ian Bag and Brody Stevens. Oh, nice. And Judith Freelander. Oh, wow. Yeah, a I remember that. show. Yeah, this was an open mic on a, on a weekday. That was a, oh, it was an open mic. This is an open mic. This is 2001. I'm 150 years old. <laughs> so 2001, I go to L.A. in the fall, and a friend of mine, Canadians that live down there, said, oh, there's an open mic, and sometimes some names come in, and blah, blah, blah. And I remember Brody and uh, Judith and Jim. And Ian Bag, Ian Bag and Jim Gaffigan were friends, or still are, I guess, at that time. And watching Jim workshop ideas that would inevitably be on TV. That's really fascinating. Yeah. That's really cool. It, I would love to be a fly on the wall on that, like, mm. just to see a, a, a legend, like, workshop a bit. Like, and he's just a very good observational comedian. Like, he can take anything from a... From his, a him and a his wife pen. were writing partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's yeah, that's really fascinating too. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of comedians will will uh, say who helped them. Sure, there's probably some some ego element, and not to mention like once if you guys split up, now your your Abbott and Costello craftsmanship is now you're missing a leg. Yeah. Now you've you know if they, but they're lucky that they have like thirteen kids and shit. Yeah, like right? tons. Yeah, yeah. Not, he's I don't not think going so. Yeah. Seems like a family dude, and I've totally listened to a lot of interviews with him. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's very like his wife is very religious. I don't know if he is, but yeah, he's an interesting dude. And, and he's a big man, he's a big man. He's a big, big like physically. Guy. Oh yeah, he's oh, a super tall. Oh, guy. he's a oh yeah, guy. he's yeah, he's a huge dude. Yeah. yeah, I think he played football. Uh, I believe it in college. He's but, got the shoulders. Yeah, and another guy who's a giant is Bob Saget. Yeah, I met Bob Saget at UConn when he performed. He, you know, it was like a meet and greet thing. Uh-huh. I didn't realize how tall he was. Yeah, he's like I'm six one, and he was like towering yeah. over me. 
Yeah, yeah. And here's another one. Family entertainment on television, but his nightclub act is brutal. Did you see him uh, perform? Uh, Bob Saget? Yeah, and I mean brutal in, in the sense that it's filthy. Oh, yeah. He's filthy. Oh, oh incredibly, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's so interesting. And he's another Canadian too, right? No, no. Uh, Norm MacDonald, Canadian. I thought it was, Bob Saget's not Canadian. No. Oh, damn. Okay, so no, no. I got to mix up Norm MacDonald. Norm and him have some... I guess when they were TV stars, they kind of looked a little bit alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, comedically very different, for sure. Um, but Carlin, and then, now what happens? You've got that seed planted. Yes. You kind of, now I'm supposed to go get an education, but I'm thinking about comedy. Yeah. So How many years of engineering? So that's, and so then, um, so it was Carlin, Gaffigan, and then the final, like, uh, the big three, I should say, is then Louis, like Louis C.K. I, yeah. I, I, I still personally think he's, he's my favorite of all time. I think I, he's here at the end of April. I, yeah, I heard, I heard he's going to be at the Creek in the Cave. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, shake. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, rumor, well rumor has rumor, it. Who knows? Rumor, rumor, T.J. Miller, rumor, uh, well, it's confirmed for Tom Segura is going to be there the first week. Of April? Of April. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, wow, I can't wait for that. I know. It's going to be great. And he's he's moved here. Yeah. A bunch of people have moved here. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, that's, it's amazing. This is the new... Uh, com- Austin is like the new... It's like Silicon Valley of comedy. It's yeah. Like, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, it's wild. I, I, you know, is this was something... Uh, it hasn't... It couldn't have gone better no. here. Like oh in Austin yeah like it, it can't it can't go any better you can't it, have it's, it I feel like I'm living I have to be remind myself every day how how grateful I should be to be here yeah. like it's it's I don't want me to cut you off but yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it is can't, I can't think of a way it can be better yeah people but, are great people are fucking excellent here they're so oh, nice yeah. you know I don't know what the disposition is in Connecticut but uh, Canadians kind of pride themselves as a, the polite friendly folk mm. but they're all full of shit yeah yeah they're totally full yeah. of shit yeah and uh is it the cold you think or what do you think it is ah uh, i don't know i think it probably at one point where we're known as very polite people and and to a sense it's all like passive aggressive type politeness um and most of it has no weight to it it's just kind of something that we say to keep our maple leaf on the flag kind of mm. thing but um yeah no they're um uh, you know, the exchanges I've seen from perfect strangers in just passing yeah. is, is really it's, weird. It's Eye really contact. unbelievable. Hello. Yeah, it's... How are you? Exactly. I, I just... What? Yeah, I in Connecticut, uh, you... I've noticed this all the time in Connecticut. Like, people, they, they do their own thing. They don't mm-hmm. look... The world is whatever. And it's the whole, like, pleasantries of, you know, how are you? How... Like... Oh, like we're both here. Like that's Connecticut. It's, it's a not, trigger of politeness. It doesn't necessarily people don't really mean it. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, just in the scene too. Like uh, the open mic scene. Like I've been going to open mics since uh, I moved here in uh, September, mm-hmm. and like just being around other comedians. Every uh, it's just like the 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 community is so. Uh, nice, like really great people. Like there's not mu- much. Um, it's just a, it's like a it's a it's like a welcoming environment, and it's a fun environment too. I think because the 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 uh, what are those things when the uh, 
the the comics are circling the stagecoaches, and all the people, all the new people and up and comers, are looking out the outside circles, going, "Oh, this is getting real. This is getting the stakes are building every day. New clubs, oh yeah, talent moving here, industry uh, opportunities over here, over there, over there, and and ways to kind of maintain and build material consistently. Like you literally with some planning and stuff you could probably get on 10 times a week right oh easily oh easily yeah yeah There's indoors people indoors indoors yeah indoors open mics indoors these are these are establishments that have uh, a roof with comedy in it and a yeah. lot of them are, are run very well and um they're pretty good they're pretty good there's there's some you know because there's so many people here from so many different areas it's just like uh what do they call it uh that soup menudo, um, with it's all guts and everything in it. I've Fruit, never heard of it. Tripe and entrails. Oh, like a gut. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of that. Anyway, it's a mix of of all kinds of shit. And yeah, I got here in December. Okay, September. Yeah, so you had a couple months ahead of me here. And what was the catalyst? Like, you just quit school, or yeah. So we can. Uh, so basically, I was I went to UConn and I got my degree in civil engineering, and I was supposed to study abroad. Because I was also getting a degree in German studies at the time, mm. and Germany the, was the pick for your abroad. Yeah, country? yeah, yeah. The because it was a it was a very unique program that the school offered. Where if I was it w- gifted, it was uh, it was extraordinary en- abilities. <laughs> no, it was engineering and German combined. So it was like a, it's it's kind of hard Cultural, to explain. Uh, culture crossover with the the. Plus Germans, what, what's the Germans place? are great engineers, yeah. yeah. So like I would the the year in Germany would be first half would be uh, at an engineering school in Germany mm-hmm. or not an engineering school but like a university, and then the second half would be an internship at a German uh, company. You get so fat in Germany, yeah. yeah. You'd be blown out on. You cheese. think? You think so? I mean, the people. <laughs> I was wondering that because the people in Germany are actually very well slimmer than here. I would say. Mm. But yeah, the, their food, the beer, yeah, I would probably uh, <laughs> it's probably gain some weight. It's I'm gaining weight right now here in Austin. I'm trying to lose weight actually. Just the food here is like the bar, like the barbecue and the uh, beers and stuff like that. Well, but, I've run into you. Well, once I said hello. The second time you've been running. I, I run every day. I try yeah. to at least. Yeah, I'm gonna run actually after this. So I'll probably go to the walk, run over there. I brought my bike, so I'll probably yeah. go for a, a run. It's great. Oh, it's great. And yeah. again, like. Outside of comedy, the city itself, there's so many cool... You can just literally walk out your door and go in any direction and discover oh, yeah. a variety of different things here. Oh, yeah. Beautiful city. It's probably the most... Be- um, I mean, I, I, I'm biased because it's one of the few cities I've visited. Mm-hmm. I haven't visited many, but so far, this is the my favorite place I've ever yeah. uh, been. Well, for somebody who's been to 25 countries, this is probably my top 10 favorite cities nice. in the world. Yeah. It's uh, it's got everything, and the ground is bubbling up with so much opportunities right now, and that's why I kind of I'm building a, my own little studio here, and I'm really kind of doing things that I'd never did living for 13 years in LA. Like, oh yeah, I, I really, it was like it got down to where like because of my uh, green card, I'd only uh, stay here for six months, and when I said here, I'd be in Hollywood for six months, and that was enough. And then I would go on the road for half a year. Go on the road. So you could only be in the U.S. for six months? No, I have a green card, so um, I have to be in the U.S. for a minimum. Okay. Not consecutively, 
I think it's 180 day calendar. 183 days, probably. Yeah, out of a calendar year. Oh, gotcha, okay. And um, I can do whatever I want for the other half of the year and stagger it or whatever. So it's, oh, so it doesn't have to be consecutive? No. Oh, that's good, okay. Which I didn't know initially. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm, you know, I don't want to stay here for consistently yeah, for a year, you know. Yeah. But I was beating winters in Hollywood and in L.A., but um, it was ne- I wasn't looking to buy any uh, a house or f- even find a relationship with anybody there because I was just there to take it and go and when the bottom dropped out of it um, I just looked at a map and you know friends of mine who'd come up here during music festivals for South by Southwest yeah, yeah. Um, would come back with Texas is great mm. I'm like what? Texas? They got they got bad Publicity. They get really bad publicity. Yeah. I, even up, when I tell people up north that I'm in Texas, they're like, what? oh, they're like, what? Like, do people walk around with guns and are they like, they have cowboy yeah. hats on? It's like, here in Austin, not really. Like, I haven't seen too many people with like. And guns and cowboy hats aren't bad. I don't, yeah, I don't mind. I, I don't I, mind. I want to, I'm going to get, I would like to buy a gun and a cowboy hat at some point. You know what? I'm doing that this year. Nice. I'm getting a gun. And I'm getting a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Have you? Heard, someone was telling me a place up north in Round Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Shooting uh, for for hats, Belton's hats. Uh-huh. Anyway, that he said he raved about it. You can get a custom made hat. They'll fit size your really? head and everything. Leathers. You can get suede. You can get a straw hat. Like really high quality. Like a hundred, anywhere from a hundred to like two hundred dollars. But um, I'm gonna yeah, the same. I want to do that this summer. Get a hat. Yeah, I want to buy a gun, but the gun thing for me is I'm not settled down yet. In a term, in still a lease. suicide watch. Yeah, exactly. So I got to keep the gun away. <laughs> but uh, if I go, if I go to a bad neighborhood, or no, I'm just kidding. But if I, um, I was thinking like, so I, my lease ends in April. So once I have like a year long place and I'm like situated, I'm probably gonna get a gun and yeah. a dog too. Actually, I want a dog as well. This but. is an awesome dog town. Oh, amazing! Holy shit! Amazing! Dogs. Yeah, like everywhere. everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And you've been to Zilkar, take it like the main yeah. dogs running yeah. everywhere, like the, your legs, and they yeah. play with each other. And the, the thing is, is they there's there's literally about a hundred dogs off leash. Mm. You never hear, you hardly hear them barking. Never, not not barking. You don't hear them barking. Not hear them barking. They're not not Go aggressive. Even, they're not aggressive. They don't. They, they, I actually, I want to pet the dogs. Like I want them to come up. They want to do their own thing. Yeah. You see, like a sweet golden retriever or sweet like yeah. whatever, and you want. I want to. I'm like, come here, come here. Like, I want to pet you. And they're like, no, I'm gonna go run because around. Because they've dealt with so many tourists coming here, want to pet all the dogs. Oh yeah. So, so they're like, listen, this guy. He'll, there'll be another one of these petters. Yeah, it's around. like pigeons in New York. Yeah, exactly. If I have food, that, like when I'm, uh, me and my friends, we went, they like had beers there. Uh-huh. They were just drinking, and the dogs thought it was food. They realized it was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they ran yeah, away. Yeah, they got nothing. They know. They know that people in that city love dogs so much that nine times out of ten, there are one out of ten, they're going to get a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Someone walks around with biscuits in this town. Oh, yeah. And that's why the dogs are a little snobby. Yeah. They're kind of like girls in L.A. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you got nothing. You got no biscuits? <laughs> then they just, like, they just run off. Exactly. And hump your friend's leg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the... Um, actually, yeah, I had a dog hump, trying to hump my leg at Zilker. But uh, the... You were in all fours when it happened. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, the other thing, too, is like, I didn't realize this, is uh, Tito's Vodka is from Austin. Oh, uh, Okay. Right, I didn't. I didn't realize that it's vodka. Yeah, Tito's vodka. It's like a big vodka brand, like in Cal- Connecticut. Like, uh, 
the Connecticut people like they love Tito's. I don't know what it is about it, but it's an Austin it's an Austin thing. And I thought it would be advertised more like around in bars and stuff, but you don't see much of it. I know Bert Kreischer is like a huge Tito's yeah. guy. <laughs> Tito's and soda. So Yeah. What is your drink of choice? Uh mine is just like a beer. Like I love I love beer, like any beer really. Like, Do you ever drink Duval? Duval Belgium beer? Duval. Uh I don't think so, no. It comes in a little red and white bottle. It's I don't drink alcohol anymore but that and I wasn't even a beer drinker near the end but when I went out to Belgium like every fucking beer I'm like this is like oh this is a beer yeah yeah it's I'm like oh it's a small bottle but then I look at the alcohol percentage of it it's high right it's really high and you know you have three of them you you take your North American drinking standards to Europe, you're gonna get fucked. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're gonna get fucked up because especially the beer's American here. beer doesn't have any alcohol in it, so you're yeah. triple fucked. I wonder how many people go to jail on holidays drinking European alcohol. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's that's. I true. should have about fifty times. <laughs> yeah, in Canada, um, I was alcohol I was water. well. I wondered. Yeah, I was wondering this. Like, so here in America, like. Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, all these light beer. Like we love light beer. Um, in Canada, do you guys have that light beer thing? Or sure. It, okay, but do you get? Do you, I take it? Do you get like Bud Light and all that stuff there? Yeah. Okay. I yeah, just didn't yeah, know yeah. if it crossed the border. All the major American brands. Uh, it's funny to come to the U.S. and see Canadian brands. It's yeah, like Labatt. Imports. Yeah, Labatt's. What's Molson. a good Canadian beer that I should uh, keep an eye out for? Look at you know Labatt. I never drank Molson products. Which is also a well-known Canadian brewery. Mm. Molson and Labatt's were the when I was growing up, and I always drank Labatt's. I always had bad experiences on Molson, but Labatt's Blue. I don't even know what's on the Canadian beer market right now. Yeah, but, uh, I only found that Heineken was the only beer when I traveled tastes the same wherever I went. Okay, that was the only one. I drink Budweiser. Sometimes American brands would taste better in other countries. Oh, really? Okay. All we got is Budweiser. I'm like, oh fuck, okay. I'm like, this is really good Budweiser. What is, what's in this? Oh, alcohol. <laughs> That's what it is. And, and a couple of uh, ingredients is that are... Because um, there's so much processing in food and things like that. Mm. That's probably why you didn't see too many fat Germans. Is that their diets... They're probably eating just as much calories. But the um, chemicals and, and bullshit that they... You know, they don't have the GMO... Uh, standards and things like that. Yeah, the, the um, I was in Germany for two weeks, uh, the only time I've ever been there, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, walking around, people are not too heavy. So yeah, I wondered, I wonder if it's, yeah, make sure How do they that. look? They dress great, right? The German, yeah, so the... Sharp dressers. Yeah, I was, food. from what I remember, Germans, like, they dress very, like, uh, like... Stylish? Like, you know, like, uh, glasses, like, circle, I noticed, like, that's the thing in Germany, circle-rimmed glasses, like they, everybody, that's one like thing. Steampunk so, looking. Not not even just like almost like poets, like a like the like yeah. picture like some snobby poet like yeah. And bland, like girls didn't wear makeup there at all. It wasn't really popular there because they're already pretty. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just like that and like just the, the like the this natural look. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're trying to trick you into fucking them. No, no. They're just like you want it or not. This is the sign. Are you buying? Opposed to some girls, they peel their faces off. And then put them on the table like a Halloween mask. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what's going on, Beetlejuice? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know your eye was in the middle of your head. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the, and the dress was also like more like the colors were more like, uh, beige and like 
like bl- more like blander colors. Mm. I don't know. It's like uh, it's it, nice it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like, I actually liked it. I actually liked the style there. I thought yeah. it was nice. Like wasn't as flamboyant or flashy with like the bright any like bright colors or anything like that. But I don't know. Like that was the only thing that they really stuck out to me was like the circle rim glasses and like the makeup thing and the, yeah, like the more like like less flashy stuff. Yeah, American. You don't hear uh, Americans are loud and uh, colorful. Mm. It's like drinking with peacocks. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of screeching and yelling. I don't know. What's, uh, the Finland's a big drinking place. Yeah, I would love to go to Finland. I've never been. Like, when you were there, what what time of the year were you there? Like, in the winter? Oh, geez. I was the first Canadian to perform in Finland. Oh, no way. So, when I moved to England... I think, no, I went to Edinburgh Festival in 2003 uh, to check out what the UK was like. And I knew that uh, the Edinburgh Fringe, which is a month-long arts festival in Scotland, Mm. I knew it would be kind of one-stop shopping. Kind of like what's happened here in Austin, where everything is just kind of brought into one area. Mm -hmm. And then I can kind of see the lay of the land. And then I met a Finnish comedian who just moved to England around that time. We became friends and... Uh, I was running out of places to visit. You know, I've been up and down England so many times living in London from north to south and Scotland and Ireland and Wales and, and uh, Isle, of, Isle of Man and um, various places around the UK. And then I go, well, fuck, this Finnish guy, his English yeah. is great. They must have English comedy. And when yeah, I yeah. talk to him, he says, there's like six of us. No way. Okay. Yeah, he goes, there's, he goes, there's six comics they're all my yeah. friends and that's it and i'm like well uh you guys understand english let's let's do some english shows i don't even care if you guys do it all in finnish but they were doing english shows with me as the headliner and uh they were great i i think i probably did about six or seven tours in finland no way okay yeah. wow and if you really want to know about finland you talk to the finnish comedian who lives here in the states now ismo ismo okay yeah I think I may have heard about that. Yeah. I-S-M-O? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Ismo. Uh, uh, he was one of the first comedians that I met. Literally, on the first day, I got to Helsinki. And um, we uh, we all drank, like... like. Was it like beers or vodka or what? Like, Oh, God. Well, first of all, in Finland, they have a drink called Yalu. Mm. Yalu is cognac and whiskey. Oh, no mixed. way. Together, so from what I understood, in a broken uh, history lesson here, uh, the Finnish farmers fought back uh, the Russians, and to celebrate their win, they uh, had a celebratory drink, and all they had was cognac and whiskey. So yeah, they pour them together and form this nightmarish cheese. Yeah, it's fucking. It, my hands sweating talking about it because I've just had so many traumatic. Killed one of my my friend. Drank himself into a snowbank in Fosadet. No way, wow. Uh, which happens a lot in these Nordic countries where they drink so much and they freeze to death. They don't make it home. Like, because the, they're trying to go home, blackout, yeah, they, black they stumble. Yeah, oh, man, no one that's, finds it in the morning that's all the time. Awful. Yeah. And that's the thing where you gotta have. You gotta have friends around, like people with you. Someone to shepherd you home. That's, There's no shepherds. No. If, you're if, you're, sober, if everybody's drunk, yeah, yeah everybody's yeah. wasted. Yeah. Like there was a couple nights. Where I was like, I couldn't believe I made it home. Like, yeah. I'd run from them. They would have a thing 
my friend Pekka, rest his soul, he would come over with those round serving trays and drop them on the table, and it was just yellow shots. And they called oh. it the yellow tornado. And I would try and get away. Yeah, and yeah. They would just get a hold of you and make you do all the shots. Yeah. And I wasn't even a shot. Like, okay, I would do one. But they would have, there would be 13 shots Jeez. of whiskey. And, and just, and they, they had a thing on. They go, we brought you some finished wine. It was a bottle of vodka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And a knife. A guy gave, they're big on knives in Finland too. Oh, I, yeah. And saunas too, I take it. Yeah. There would be so many of the gigs that on the back of the bar or the venue we're performing in, the manager, we have a sauna. You want the sauna? In the, in the yeah. comedy club, my God. Yeah. Wow. And uh, when I say comedy club, there's no comedy clubs. These were uh, music venues. Ah, uh, gotcha. Like that makes sense. Vulcan. Yeah. Same kind of shit. And we just do a comedy night there and just this, uh, people would show up for it. But a lot of drinking, a lot of drinking. I think I pissed my pants in Oulu, which is way north. And uh, the band Lordy. Oh, that's from Yuvescula. Tempera? Anyway, I'm going through all my Finnish towns, but... Do you know any Finnish from... from, from Kiros. Kiros means thank you. Okay. I usually learn the uh, yes and no's and please and What's thank yes and no? Uh, Kiros is thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, I can't remember the one. I remember my friend's... Stepdaughter trying to teach me to say cucumber for about 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's kokoro. And I'm, I know Finnish people are listening to this right now going, that's not how to say it either. I still can't do it. Finnish uh, was, I couldn't even attempt. It was so, uh, it's kind of like Russian ish, where Swedish and Norwegian. Yeah, had a lot of English. That's right. Yeah, it's interesting. Swedish and Norway, their their language. I I didn't realize until later, but Finnish is like its own, yeah, entirely own thing. Yeah, it's weird. I, they're like the Mexicans of Scandinavia, is what I call them. Really? Okay. They have a totally different thing. Norway and Finland doesn't acknowledge them. Mm. Denmark doesn't acknowledge anybody. Yeah. And Finland doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how that goes. So, uh, Swedish, super conservative. More not as like they think I'm deranged in Denmark. They're like, I hope he kills himself. It made for a good story, (laughs) and um, Norway's just just cool. I find the further you go away from the capital, the better the shows got. So, when's the last time you were in uh, touring in the in Europe? In Europe, that was uh, I don't know year before last. I was in Denmark. I shot my special. Sorry, two years ago. Okay. Yeah. December of two years ago, I, uh, I'm actually, I'm releasing my special soon. Everyone relax. <laughs> I filmed my stand-up special in Copenhagen. Nice. Um, it'll be three years in December. And I, I've been sitting on it. I was waiting for a release date from an industry-related thing. And then COVID happened. And then I put it on the shelf. And I have the last comedy special in front of a live audience. No, okay. Nice. Yeah. It's pre-COVID. No one's seen it. Nice. Okay. So I'll show you a little bit of it later. Yeah, it's, please. It's pretty sick. And you can see how my English in front of a Danish audience yeah. is seamless. Yeah, because they all know English up there. Perfect. Yeah, perfect English. Everybody speaks English now. Like you probably, uh, in Germany, it wasn't, uh, you could probably get by a little bit with people, you know, did you run into people? Yeah, so that's the, yeah. it's very fascinating. So like English is, is if, if you're generally, uh, if you're educated and like 
pretty much everybody knew, knew, knows English. Yeah. You go to college, you know English. Um, the only issue is like if you're talking to somebody in a service job or like, um, I don't know, like somebody more, uneducated. More, someone uneducated, then they mm. wouldn't know it. Because a lot of times it's, it's very interesting. There's so many dialects in Germany mm. that like some the, one, one like Germany that. might one person like someone in one part of Germany might not be able to communicate with one someone in another part of Germany just because the one person in one part of Germany, their dialect is so strong mm. that and they, they're uneducated, so they, Farmer they can't. Farmer types, probably. Yeah. Yeah, hickey, kind of small town people. There's places so. in Canada on the East Coast, in the Maritimes, this closest mm. side to, to Europe. Um, I can't understand what the fuck really? you're talking about. They're, they're, uh, Newfoundland and, and Cape Breton, all the East Coast, you can, and same in Ireland, like, uh, they were speaking English, yeah. I recognized a word, and they're looking intently, speaking English, but their accents fucking blow oh, right yeah, out. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you're going to have to write this down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. know you're telling me you're speaking English, but your accent is like so strong. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, with, I, I even have that with when I watch like British movies like or anything. I have to put subtitles on. Like mm. I can't – sometimes the British accent is, is too much for me. I can't – I don't know what yeah. you're saying. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders, yeah, yeah, exactly. Even Dunkirk, I saw that in theaters. A lot of time I didn't know what they were mm-hmm. saying. Well, traveling will open it up. You'll start to gain an ear for certain dialects and, and start to fill in the blanks where somebody who's never really been exposed to different cultures and stuff is just like lost. Yeah. You know. But again, travel. Travel, travel, travel. Uh, yeah, I love traveling. You're curious. I want to keep doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Uh, it's exciting too, I think, with the vaccine rollout and everything. Like, I think... It, it, travel is going to be booming like within the next few months because I don't even know if I can go to Europe like are Americans even allowed to travel to Europe right now I don't know but uh, I'm going to be in Denmark in April this April this upcoming April no next year okay next year I was waiting to see what happened with all the outdoor European music mm. festivals and they've all over the last six weeks it's 2021 now. Or so, uh, what year are we in? Uh, 21. We are in 21. Yeah. We are in 2021. So it's 2022 next. 2022. Year. All this, st- all the lineups and stuff that we're going to be over the course of the summer. Mm-hmm. And when I say outdoor music, fe- these are a hundred thousand people. Yeah, yeah. At these festivals. I'm sure you've seen them on various YouTube shows with your favorite bands, and then they show the crowd, and it's like ah, just to see. So all that stuff has been moved to summer of next year and uh, I'm going to I'll probably be in Norway in the middle of April and then slowly start working my way across but until these festivals um, you know in the spring of uh, probably January of next year everything will probably be locked up as far as um, who's going to be doing shows and who's not in the new year but yeah, I love it. I like being uh, a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I spent so much of my early part of my life alienated through um, various things and situations I was in that I feel very comfortable being completely out of my element over and over again, and being in a strange place uh, where you can communicate and you don't know anybody and yeah. you're doing the thing that you love is is an awesome feeling. Yeah, I that's how did you first uh get involved with touring outside of uh the country in, in Europe? Well, it was like 
you know, I started doing comedy in 96. And then by the late 90s, friends of mine that uh, I idolized and looked up to mm-hmm. senior in, in, in Canadian show business would start to go to England. England was a big thing. Like and Russell Peters, I think, was really Russell Peters. going there. Right? Russell Peters is like, he was the guy who's like, oh, fuck, you know, Russell's going. Uh, and a handful of my other Canadian friends, and then there's a reason for that. They, they come back, oh, I was just in Hong Kong and Dubai and all these other places that were so close to England. And just flippantly, they'd go over and do a bunch of gigs. Like, Dubai? What? You went to Dubai? Oh, yeah, they paid me like this amount of money. And I was like, really? I'm going to this shitty town in Canada for yeah. the sixth time, and it's getting worse. Like the chuckles or something. Just I, any any yeah. shitty, yeah. So I um, found out my uh, found out. I knew my grandfather uh, was English and my grandmother was Irish. Mm-hmm. So um, my friend asked me. He goes, "Well, I go, how are you working there? Like, don't you need a visa?" He goes, "Well, my my grandparents were Scottish." I go, my grandparents are English and Irish. And oh, like, like from England? like Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, Grandmother was born in Cork, and my grandfather's from Grimsby, England. Because I was wondering that, because Canada's a commonwealth of of the UK, so even if you're just like a Canadian citizen, you you still need like red, like uh, legally to, to work there. You have to like have yeah, some documents. Yeah, the commonwealth doesn't spread that far into uh, the, the luxury of just showing up and yeah. cashing checks. Yeah. Um, you'd have to have permits and things to, to do tours and stuff like that. But, um, that opened it up for me, the rest of the world. When I found out I was eligible for an ancestry visa. Nice. So, and they were, they were, okay. I got, I got, I just had to get my long version birth certificates. Yeah. Showing the bloodline. From, I didn't know that's how that worked. That's interesting. So yeah. just by just by having us a relative who was born there, you yeah, can, you a can, grandparent, a grandparent who was born there, you yeah. can legally. You should, you know, you said you somebody's from Ireland in your family. Yeah, um, well, the Irish thing. There's a lot of Irish people in New England, so the Irish mm. thing actually goes so so far back. We don't know anybody who. How is, bad's a New England accent? The New England one is like, yeah, the. Is connect- it a- yeah, it's like, kind of a... Well, it's interesting. So, like, when people think of the New England accent, it's like, there's a few. So, like, there's the Boston one where it's like, you know, Park the Con, Bahaba, like, yeah. not pronouncing your R's and all that stuff. And then, that's the one I think of. And yeah. then there's more, more like, um, I don't even know, like, uh, that's the only one I could really think of. Otherwise, it's just kind of like... It's not nice, is it? The New England accent... Yeah, but it's like, do, do I sound like I have a New England accent to you? Like, no. Yeah, it's like it's weird. It's like it's almost like there isn't really a New England accent to me, other than the. Uh, you just sound like white. Yeah, exactly. Like white dude. Like I could be from Iowa. I could be from uh, you know Pittsburgh. Well, well, Pittsburgh has its own accent probably, but it's strange. It's like um, on on in a film, no one would figure out where you were from. Yeah, that's, someone asked me that. They go, I, I asked somebody what my accent was. It was in Germany actually, and I asked him like, what I sound like, and he goes, it just sounds like Netflix talk. Like yeah, yeah just that's that's the way. great. And How, what a luxury that you were just for, bland. for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'll take that. There is one thing I noticed though in in Connecticut, and my grandma, she's older. She has a bit of a when you say the name of a day, she goes like Monday, Tuesday, 
Wednesday, Thursday, as opposed to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. She was in a motorcycle accident? No, no, no it's just the way, it's <laughs> no, like no, a dialect. Yeah, 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 I've heard people Sounds talk like, a, like that. Yeah. Wednesday. Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what it is, it's like a work, she never went to college or anything, like, uh, you know, just Connecticut her whole life. My parent, my dad's side is all like Irish, working class, family. Um, alcohol abuse incest. yeah so my dad well the alcohol abuse yeah not the incest <laughs> that I know of I hope not my uh, dad's uh, so my my grandfather who's pe- died passed but he never drank a drop of alcohol in his life because his parents were severe piss tanks piss alcoholics he's and like Irish I've never touched is that another, like that that's that's family shattering alcohol oh yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, there's another. Uh, there's certain degrees of alcoholism uh, in various places, like Russia. I'm fucking the day before my show. I'm fucking. I'm fucked up in the bar. Right, I'm drinking with the handler and some of the other uh, people from the show, and I'm like really wasted. And I'm like, what time is it? And it's like three. What time is this place close up? And they're like, there's no last call in Russia. Yeah. People, I saw a girl fall on her face off the chair and then put her back in the chair and then put a drink in front of her. Damn. It's like, you, this girl's gonna, she's gonna die. Is it like common in Russia to just like be like, oh, let's do a shot of, of, oh, yeah. of vodka. It's like, it's like 1 p.m. Like, oh, like not even for yeah. a party, just to like have, like almost like having coffee. Like, oh, let's want to do a shot. Is this, does that sort of thing Sure, exist? a lot of it. A lot of it. You know, um, holidays, hide. Hol- yeah, Christmas yeah. time. You'll go blind in one eye drinking with one of these fuckers. Like, yeah, there's the alcohol consumption on, on another level. That's why I have no really... I don't miss any of it because I did it with the best yeah. in a bunch of different countries and lived to tell the tale. And if you don't believe me, call anybody who's ever been <laughs> on the road with me. <laughs> I, my, uh, my last tour in Europe, I took a uh, Sam Walker comic from uh, Canada, uh, from Calgary, Alberta, and uh, every city we went to, the promoter would say, "You're lucky he's not drinking. He's a very he's a real handful when he's drunk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so much so that people were reminding me about situations, and we were walking. Sam had just got the suite, and we're walking down the street. This guy gets out of a cab, all stumbles, and his face is all tattooed. He's like Jason Rouse, and I'm like, "Hey!" He's like. You don't remember me? I got out of jail like two weeks ago. You shit in front of that McDonald's. And then Sam looks at me and goes, his story checks out. <laughs> he knows I took a dump in front of that McDonald's. I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. I think that's why I can't get into some of the local bars there. But oh, wait, Yeah, really? Yeah, I had a couple things where uh, I remember we went back to this bar in Stockholm called Kelly's. And I, I didn't know I was drinking there the night before. So I went back there the next day during the day to sit on the patio and have yeah. a cocktail. And I see the door, the bouncer's just like mean dog at me as I'm walking towards him. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, hey. And the manager comes up and goes, what are you doing here? I go, oh, I'm going to have a drink. He goes, you don't remember last night? And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, you put your mouth under the beer tap. 
And when I told you to stop, you told me to go fuck myself and was throwing chairs around. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's not, uh, it's not normal. Yeah, it's to- that normal. Yeah, I did that a lot. But anyway, yeah, getting reminded about uh, your blackouts could be like somebody's telling a story about somebody who's behind you. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've, I'm fortunate in the sense of my drinking that I will throw up. And get the spin and, and spins before I black out. So I'd never. I've you got been, a safety. I, yeah, exactly. My safety is if I throw up, I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna black out. If I'm gonna black out, or I get the spin. I don't know if you you must have like the spins where the room is just yeah. boom, 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 yeah. boom. I get that before I black out. But that will probably save your life. Yeah, I think so. And I don't even really like getting. It's only with, when I'm with my friends that I get to that. Yeah, I don't even. It. Yeah, but I had a friend who uh, I went out with, and he he black like. I, I've never had that moment where I've been out, I've woken up and then walking out and been like, what did I do last night? Because I'm curious because I've seen people have that experience and like in my mind, I would I would think like, geez, I would be terrified. I would be scared. Like, what if I like, what if I punched someone in the face? You have foresight. Yeah. A lot of these guys, you're lucky, like not lucky, but you have the common sense at this age and stage of your career that you're going to uh, jump over those potholes that mo- some of these you probably see this amongst your peers the guys they're like that guy's a fuck up that guy's gonna blow it this guy's a piss tank like tons of abilities but it's all poisoned with their lifestyle mm. yeah yeah it's it, it is interesting to see that that kind of stuff and i'm still so new to the scene where it's like i will have a thought where it's like is that going to be a detriment or that is that person going to totally surprise me it's like mm. I, I can never yeah. tell. I can never get a re- I can never really figure it out. Um, so I try to remain like I don't know. I try to. I, I, I I'm still trying to remain like uh, open to everything. Like, yeah. It's, it's no. Th- I see you very it's, observant. It's, I see you kind of just looking over and assessing things constantly. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, that that's a, a a good thing because everyone's a me 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 me. And you're looking at them going, why is that guy going me, me, me? He's that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try to be like, yeah, like an observer, like kind of see everything and. Watch the fuck ups fall flat on their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, walk it's. Walk over I, their corpses. Oh my God. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a couple of those and those are like just spectacles to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but yeah. Yeah. You can't tell the homeless people between the people that are. The comics trying to get on Kill Tony. <laughs> no, it's right? so funny, isn't that hilarious? Like, so, <laughs> so Kill Tony. There's the all the comics. Like, uh, uh, for whoever's for whoever's listening, Kill Tony's a podcast. Like it's a live podcast, so it's like comedians get one minute. They put their name in a bucket, and if they get pulled, they go on stage and they do their bit for. There's a hundred comics. Outside. Yeah, a hundred comics outside, standing on the sidewalk just outside the venue. It's Antones um, listening for their name. Oh yeah, listening for their name, putting their ear to the door, trying to get you know, like getting excited, heart beating yeah. to get up. And it's so funny, like, like you were saying, you can't tell the, the homeless people from. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's been like three moments where I've been like, is that a homeless person or is that a stand-up <laughs> comic? Like, I, and they yeah. come up to us. The homeless people come up to us and they're like, Can, "Do you have any money?" And a lot of times. We're like, we're not much better off than you. Like a lot of the comics, that's the, it's kind of like the running joke. It's like, like well, that, that night that that got cop through that guy on T- Tony's court. Yeah, there, that was wild. That guy gave my friend a hundred dollars in cash. Uh, the gave, homeless guy. Oh, that night. He, yeah, yeah, that wow. night. He might go 
my friend Ben comes up, Bankus, you know Bankus, those two Canadians that were here from uh, for last week. Yeah, uh, the two was one of them. Uh, Kyle, 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 Lucy, yeah, and then and Ben, ben Bankus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben goes, that homeless guy just gave me a hundred dollars, and now he's being thrown on the hood of a car. The homeless guy gave him a hundred dollars. Yeah, hundred bucks. No yeah. way. That guy was so. It was so funny. That that guy story in particular. I have a video of it somewhere on my phone. And he was, he shouted this funny, he shouted something. He kill, goes, is Tony yeah, dead? Yeah, they're like, he's like, I have to save Tony. They're going to yeah. kill Tony. Yeah. So he saw the sign, I think, and he thought in yeah. his head that they were going to kill Tony. Literally. It keeps Austin weird. It really does, this yeah. This is a weird, this is their uh, their slogan is keep Austin weird. Yeah. And careful what you wish for, Austin. Yeah. I told him that last night. I said, listen, uh, I was at the Lucky Duck oh, yeah. uh, on Friday. And at the end of the show, I said, you guys, you can do whatever you want, but I ain't going anywhere. Like, you got to deal with this. Yeah. I'm going to make it weirder. Yeah, make it weirder. <laughs> exactly. You're getting up like four or five times a week. Yeah, so I, I try to. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Monday through, or Sunday through Thursday, I try to get up uh, one, at least once a night, sometimes twice a night. So I would say on average, I do the San Jack Saloon I host um, which is good exercise great. to host. It's you know it's kind of shitty hosting, but it's it's great exercise. You get to know everybody great. in the scene. And it's not a, to mention you'll get more work out of it hosting for somebody your senior, and then eventually move up mm. to headliner. Yeah, that's what I, I, I'm hoping for that. Mm. And I'm actually I'm hoping to do a show at some point in that venue. It's going to take maybe maybe within the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. I try to find someone, but um, the that's true too. Like the other people, like they just. I noticed like showing my face around and just being there, like being around. Yeah, like one Active. guy, yeah, Mike Marty Clark. He's a runs a few shows here. He asked me, he invited me on one of his shows while I was at the Lucky Duck or not the Lucky Duck, the uh, Sand Jack. Yeah, and Marty is opening up the creek in the cave. Exactly. Have yeah, you, you've been inside. Haven't yeah, you? yeah, it's crazy. Amazing, right? amazing. Yeah, it's it's so cool. It's so good. It's so good. It's it's so right. Yeah, it's so right. And then you go at the door. And it's right again. There's an equally sized yeah. venue through a doorway that he's going to run. I think capacity on either side is 400. Uh, 400 and, each. Wow. Yeah. And they're going to simultaneously walk off one stage and then you go next door and do the next show. So, okay. Interesting. At the same time. So like you'll have two comedians and they'll swap places. Yeah. Some guys will close one show and the other guys will come so it's going to be that's awesome yeah it's going to be great because they have uh, how many stages right now there's two two, two. main rooms yeah, that's, yeah that's awesome and he said you know they're equally the same size and it's 400 seats seated mm. so that's happening in April and then not to mention Cap City and, and yep that's and opening up that was a surprise other, yeah all these other comedy clubs and stuff so it's uh, it's here as far as comedy is going there's, there's really no place in the world yeah, almost to live yeah. other than Texas. I know, I know. For it's freedom. Who would have thought Austin, Texas, would be the comedy central like yeah. of the world? And and Joe Rogan's opening up his club. Yeah, I have no idea where where or when, but he, I think he's just gonna buy the Vulcan. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking he might just buy it. He seems I like he spent a lot gonna, of time there. I think he'll buy it. My my and big, got it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. It buy makes it, sense. It. It's on Sixth Street. Yeah, it's you know. That top floor is a bit of a pain in the ass, mm. but if it goes full comedy club, I don't know. I'm just talking up my ass. I don't know what the fuck Joe's doing, 
But he is opening up a comedy club here. There'll be an announcement soon. I have a feeling he'll open up a couple. I feel like he'll open up... He's, he was saying he wants one with a ranch, like an outdoorsy one. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe like a Stubbs feel. I haven't been there yeah. yet, but... Yeah, because tickets are two hundred and fifty bucks. Oh you buy sixty at a time. <laughs> and they and they go they like oh yeah one minute they're gone. Oh, comedy tickets go on sale in this city the day of the show. Yeah, yeah, because they sell out so quickly. Kill Tony goes on sale Monday at noon. The show's at eight, and it no sells way. out in forty Same minutes. Day. Yeah, yeah. It sells out in like ten, twenty, thirty, forty minutes. Wow. Yeah, that's a. That Antones is really is a great room. It seems great room, especially for that style of show. Oh yeah, and um, what else is there? There's a bunch of stuff. I hit a few places around the city, but you can go to Austin Comedy Facebook pages and just yeah. see flyer after flyer after flyer after flyer. Yeah, there's uh, and then there's one. It's ComedyWam.com. I don't really use that one. I use the mm-hmm. Facebook groups all the time. Yeah. And then there's Austin Texas Comedy. It's an Instagram. Uh, if anybody's listening and they want to know about what's happening, Austin, Texas Comedy is run by a comedian here, uh, and she posts all the time. She's on the ball with it. Yeah. Like, every oh, month. it's a blonde girl. Uh, no, girl. it's uh, Kate Lois. Okay. Yeah, she, um, the blonde girl is, uh, maybe you're thinking of Brittany? I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of the young lady who's always at Volcom. She works for Austin Comedy or something. Oh, anyway. uh, I don't think I've met her. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of... And that's the thing, dude. There's people helping us at yeah. that level. You know, it seems like a lot of people, um, you know, shows it... Yeah, anyway, it's great. I'm rambling. But um, what's the plan for this year? Yeah, great question. So I'm... I'm a, I've been doing mics since September, just getting my face out there, meeting people, networking. Is this year three for you? Yeah, for comedy? yeah, year yeah. three. It would be year three this past month in February. Mm-hmm. First time I went on stage was in uh, at UConn. But yeah, the plan is to just keep pushing along, uh, keep doing mics. I want to host a show, um, at, like a showcase. I'm thinking to start off with like local comics just to get the feel for it. Yep. And then move on to, I talked to Fahim Anwar, was at, standing outside Vulcan. Like, we were yeah. talking about this before. Like Sweetheart. I listened to him on the podcast. Oh, there he is over there. Hmm. So, I kind of was very nervous to talk to him. Like, I, I kind of, because, you know, I didn't want to, like, be, say something stupid or something. But He's he's a very approachable. He was the nice guy. guy. Really nice guy. Yeah. I went up to him and I was like, hey. He's an, engi- he's an aero engineer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, ah, you got your into the old math question. No, I didn't even talk about the engineering thing. I just, Ooh. I just was like, because um, I sent, a, I sent him a message on Twitter saying like, oh, I have this uh, uh, venue like where I do an open mic. I want to do a show sometime. Would you be interested? And he sent me one back like, hey, yeah, uh, just let me know the more details. And then I, t- I told him about it again, and he was like, again, he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, just let me know the details. So once I get things squared away, I'll, I'll message him again, and you know, we'll see like what happens with that. But yeah. it, it's he so lives cool. here. Yeah, he moved. Yeah, that's great. It's Tim Dillon. I don't know if you, you're yeah, familiar with him. Yeah, like, I know Tim. Yeah, he's here. Giannis Papas. Giannis Papas. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised at that. Yeah, me too. Big New Especially York guy. He's such a, a close friend of mine never told me that he's moving to my city that I'm living in. Hmm. So now I got to go to his house, kick the door in, and urinate on him. Yeah, yeah. On Giannis? Yeah, yeah I'm going to eat like six sticks of raw asparagus yeah and give him the old power spray yeah he's Greek too so you can hold down his arms and eats you know rub some Slovakia on, on him his yeah. chin and a little feta behind the ears and yeah. smash all those toenails with a hammer and throw them into a wood chipper there you go that'll do it I think tzatziki like, sauce yeah exactly make some tzatziki sauce and <laughs> spit it on him <laughs> um, 
Well, that's look. Yeah, spring. Yeah, you're going to be in full swing by October. You're going to, you're going to find because then everything is going to be in place. It's mm-hmm. going to be all the clubs and things are going to be open, and uh, you got a good rapport. You keep showing up with the, the shows and stuff. It's uh, I'm excited for everybody, including myself. That, that's the thing that seems like there's enough fruit on the trees that uh, we can all make something cool out of this. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Very supportive yeah. scene, and like yeah, it's everybody's helping each other out and. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm just gonna keep pushing, keep going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to keep writing a lot. That's one thing I'm slacking on is writing, but it's but yeah. hard because it's like you. Everyone's figure. I see a look of concern on everyone's faces of concern and excitement. They don't know where to stand and what to say, but just be awesome, and then it will come to you, kind of thing. You know, uh, be undeniable, and you won't be denied. And, uh, and then you can you headline your uh, own show in in um, fucking Connecticut. <laughs> Is that the dream to give your your family the finger from the stage and go, "Fuck you guys"? Yeah, no. <laughs> no so it's like <laughs> my dream really is like I would love to you know it's different now with the pandemic, but like my dream was to like be live in New York like Manhattan, be a comic. Yeah. Um, like a Jim Gaffigan or Mulaney and live in New York City and then have my do clubs there like within the city and then uh, go on the road and tour. That was that was that's like what I was thinking like when I was in college I was like if I if I was like I was doing this engineering thing but if I had any wish or like if a genie came down mm-hmm. I was like I would love to be a stand-up comedian and and well, this is better than living in New York. Oh, easily, yeah. yeah, yeah, right here. I I live in New and York. You're gonna get tenfold opportunities from. Just, oh yeah, you've been here. There's gonna be a, a, even a nether rush of last minute people trying to clam onto this thing. But you've already put down some solid tracks. You got Fahim to look you in the eye. <laughs> yeah, you're a hero in your hometown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Con- yeah. Connecticut comedy is not really. There's not much. Yeah, I can't even think of many stand-ups that come from Connecticut. You, it's you. I guess you're the guy who's got to represent your hometown. Yeah, I should. I know it's it's interesting too. I didn't even think of this. Like, so many of my favorite comedians come from our neighboring state, uh, yeah, Mass. You know, Louis, Bill, uh, the list goes on. There's yeah. so many. I'm not even, I can't even think of it at the moment. But like Joe Rogan comes from you know from Boston mm-hmm. or from Massachusetts. It's like Connecticut. Though on the other hand, if you look at comedians from Connecticut, it's like I don't even. I don't even know that, if I can that, think of this one. This is your job now. I guess so. This I got to re- gig. I gotta, put Connecticut on the map. I yeah, I yeah. I'll try to represent. Represent. What's this? The uh, team colors for Connecticut. So that's the thing. We don't even have any teams. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's not even any teams. No, no. You, so it's all on you. I guess so. Yeah, because another thing I even think of is like New York's right there, <laughs> and all the New York nothing. comics. So New York's got all all these awesome comics. Oh, yeah. Massachusetts got all these awesome comics, and then Connecticut and Rhode Island are kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Like they, what do they got nothing to offer really? So you, you, it's your gig now. You got it by two thousand. What are we? Two thousand twenty-one. So two thousand and twenty-seven. You'll do your own one-hour special, and then you go home and fuck all those girls that made fun of you in high school. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want them now. I guess not. I don't know. I, you just want to drive by in your sports car with uh, what kind of dog are you getting? 
I'm probably gonna get a mutt, like a I don't know, like rescue a, dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a rescue dog. Yeah, or maybe one of each, like a like a, like a nice like a, a hybrid paper dog, and yeah. then some just Frankenstein disaster with yeah. Parkinson's. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The two combo. Yeah. I like that. I wanna I wanna get like like six Rottweilers in a charity, like a chariot. Oh, nice. That'd be sick. Parks, right. Yeah. yeah. One, two, yeah, you do four, four, two Rattwilers, two Rattwilers, two Rattwilers, and then like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anybody that would get in your way if you had oh, that. No. No, Especially nobody. I'm naked on the back of the Oh, chair. yeah, no, no one's, no one's messing with you there. Don't fuck with me and my dogs when I take <laughs> no. them for a walk. And uh, you could do that in Austin, Texas. I don't even think you can get arrested for doing that. No. <laughs> Keep it weird. They're totally taking full advantage of being eccentric. Yeah, oh yeah. I love it. Yeah, it, it, completely. I mean, Zilker Park is one of the best places to go to mm-hmm. in Austin. Just go at night, any day of the week, Monday, yeah, Tuesday, yeah, whatever. People just dancing, playing music, like playing soccer. It's like... I think we should steal a dog. You could. No, yeah. we. Oh, yeah. I'm going to need someone, because if I steal a dog, I'll get shot. But if you look over and go, it's from my grandmother, I'll be able to get away with it. That's dogs. true. Yeah, I can help you with it. You we just can go to help s- me if you yeah. get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> your Campbell's kid cheeks will keep me from the electric chair there, there you go uh, yeah we can do that we can kind of we can work together it's be very easy just go to Zilker get some biscuits like you were saying yeah throw them in the car we got a dog fuck I love it thanks for being on the show yeah thanks for having me man. where can uh, people find you on your social media yeah so I'm on Instagram uh, just I think with Nick Roach or Nicholas Roach you can find me there uh, and Twitter is uh, at Nick underscore Roach one uh, so yeah that's awesome I'm looking forward to doing some gigs with you yeah and maybe we can make some money this year uh, that'd be unbelievable yeah cool thanks for listening everybody uh, lots of stuff coming up Lots of stuff coming up, but I'm not going to tell you on this show. I'm going to tell you maybe on the next show.